Hey, it's FT Live with a big group coming at you today on Stadium. Scotty Braun, Todd Fraser here, AJ Przinski, and Adam Jones. We have both AJs today, but one of them just had a birthday. So, Adam Jones, happy birthday, happy dude. Happy birthday, man. 29, hey, uh, still looking great at 29, man. Just Ooh, absolutely in your mind. Yeah, 29. <laughs> that is a uh, wish, but not 38, and it's it feels good. Um I'm enjoying it. I had a great day and uh, move on to this new year. Hey, we do we have our usual where in the world is Adam Jones to run? Let's I'm in Baltimore. Together. <laughs> that doesn't look like Baltimore. That's not Baltimore. <laughs> That's definitely not Baltimore. Wow. There he is. Fancy. Wow, Adam Jones, welcome to the party. That's like a AJ. What would you rate that on the WWE entrance with the swimmies too? No, he needed some pyro. Adam, you need pyro next time, dude. Oh, <laughs> wow! For the podcast audience, he just pied a dude in the face like back in the day. Jonesy, take us through the play-by-play of your splashdown experience. What do they call it? I, I, I always say it wrong. It's bird, bird pool splashdown. Give me what's the word of that section? It's the splash um, splash zone, and uh, I got my own jersey, Captain Splash. <laughs> nice. It was it was awesome, honestly. Um, it sucked in one only for one reason. They were going against Garrett Cole, and you're supposed to do it on extra base hits. He doesn't allow many, and run scored. He doesn't allow many of that. So they were like, "Hey, anything that is fun, do it." I said, "Okay." Uh, it was a. I think somebody got a single to right. Oh, we're spraying. Double play. Whoop, we're spraying. Fly out to, uh, I think, Volpe flied out to left center. Hayes took probably three or four steps. We're spraying. Why not? <laughs> um, because it was against Cole. The next day, they end up they scored a lot of runs. And then Sunday night, obviously, having seven runs in the first inning, that would have just been sitting there the whole time with a water hose. But uh, it was it was awesome. Energy was great. The team is great. They're winning. They're a really, really good team, as I know everybody knows. And – it's just it was good to be back at Camden Yards. That energy in that stadium is back, and they know they have a good team. So, all right, so let's charge the mound and get right into the Orioles, since we'll eventually have Russ Dorsey to recap the trade deadline. Lucy Burge will join us for some picks. Max Muncy in the second hour to tell us about what the Dodgers added, and Aaron Gleeman on the shh, very quiet Minnesota Twins trade deadline. But as we charge this damn mound. <coughs> Jonesy, I'm going to go right back to the birthday boy because you just came off of being at the ballpark. Did the Orioles do enough? That's, I think that's always the question. It's a yes and no. I mean, as players, it's like, look, I'm riding and dying with the dudes that I've been with. I've been with the spring training. We've been out to dinner. Um, as uh, Now sitting back and you know being retired and working the media side of it, you think of like, okay, could have we added Dylan Cease? Could have we added this guy? Could have they added this, you know, here and there? Jack Flaherty, I think, is a hell of a move. It's great for him to get out of St. Louis, uh, be refreshed, going to join a energized team, a youthful team. And I just, I think that it was a, a really good move <clears throat> to get more. There's always, you know, those kind of hypotheticals. But at the same time, it's like, do I need to get more? Because I'm on a ride with my guys. They could have got another offensive guy because uh, Mullins and, and Hicks have been down a little bit. So you got to maybe, maybe sure up that. I think they were talking about uh, who's the, the switch hitter, the center fielder from um, from the Cardinals. Uh, oh, but Dylan Carson? 
Dylan Carlson. I think he yep. was mentioned a little bit, and I mean, he's a hell of a player too. Uh, but I think they did because they want to ride in house. But at, like, it's like on the other side of it is like, did they? I think they did. And I mean, time will only tell. AJ, you liked the Orioles trade deadline? Uh, I thought it was good. I didn't think it was great. I thought they could have added a bullpen piece. I think, Adam, let me ask you this. You you were a player. You were a Baltimore guy. You love the Orioles, clearly, which, you know, it was your team. Do you think they did enough to win the World Series? I think they did, and they didn't. Like, we needed – we got Andrew Miller. Someone was telling me the other day, it was like, in 14, you were either going to be facing Andrew Miller or he's going to be on your team. Matt Moore was out there, but the Angels are going for it. I think if they got a strong left-hander to bridge that gap, because they have Cano and Bautista, who are just nasty itself, but to add a lefty to throw to offset everyone else, like we had a Miller to get to Hunter and O'Day in Britain. So they, I think they did, but only time will tell because you know Houston again is the is the team to beat, and you got to go through them, and they just. Added uh, Verlander back, so would you? you know, but would you? Here's my question: Would you? Cano and we saw Cano and Batista. Batista had to throw two innings the other day because their bullpen was was a little short, right? He did it. He made it through in Toronto, I think it was. And then Cano's been he's been getting he's been getting hit a little bit more now, starting to get you know a little bit more tired. Yeah, as Scott is saying, his arm is you know, a little Stop bit dropping. Todd Father's as, heard me say over the past few As he's, he's getting tired. He's getting tired. I mean, yeah, this he's is getting like, tired. Yeah, which because they've been using him because they've been trying to win. But they have so many prospects, right, the Orioles, and they have duplicate prospects, as we've talked about. Would you not have liked him to seen like, go for it. This is your shot because, honestly, I know the Rangers and Astros made moves, but the AL is down this year compared to other years. The Yankees aren't going to be down forever. The Red Sox aren't going to be down forever. The Rays are kind of eh, right now. They're they're struggling a little bit. So why not just go all in and say, you know what? This is our shot. Let's take a shot. And you know what? We have duplicate prospects. If you're the Orioles GM, you look. You're Mike Elias. You look at it and you say, okay, we have two shortstop prospects. We have two third base. We have two second base. We have two right fielders. Whatever it is, trade one of them, whichever one you think is less, and then try to get that next piece that could possibly. I don't want to say guarantee because you never know, but give you an even better shot at it. One hundred percent, and that's that's where I was thinking of Cease. He's that because yes. the control for next two years, he's disgusting. He's an ace. He wants to be in that moment, and he slots everyone down to where they need to be. Um, back in the day, we had Tillman as running. We was running him out as our ace, and if we had one other guy, if we were able to acquire a big name guy, an ace, it would have pushed everybody down a slot. To where they go no disrespect to anybody but aces are hard to come by in baseball as you know and you got duplicate prospects like you said so you know the, the cease was my guy i mean Corb, corbin burns was my guy at the beginning but cease was my guy and you know no i mean i'm sure other teams tried to pry him away but you, we got jack flaherty over here in, in birdland so let's see what let's see what he does because he's gonna have a, a nice fresh start my game concern- one what? Ahead, Scott. What do you no, got? I was say, AJ, game I was one. Say, game one. Verlander or Scherzer versus Flaherty or Kramer or Grayson Rodriguez or Kyle Bradish. Gibson. Bradish, yeah. Bradish. I mean, right. game two. Framber, Evaldi versus one of those guys. Game three. Montgomery <laughs> versus. You know, it's like okay, I get it. Their bullpen's great. I get it. They can hit, but it's like the name. Now listen, they might do it, but the names on the paper are. Just so 
you know, it's not a disrespect. It's just because these guys are a lot of these guys are you know, not a lot, but some of these guys are Hall of Fame names, right? Where they have the pedigree of done it. So it's For like, sure. all right, if I'm Mike Elias, I'm like, okay, we need to find. And no disrespect, Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty might be that guy when he gets a new start, but we'll have to see. Cease was the guy for me. <laughs> yeah, okay. no, that's that that's dude. top end talent right there. My my yeah. problem because we have some in the chat that are bringing up Cincinnati too. So I love how they're like, all right, Jonesy for Baltimore, you rep him. Todd Father for Cincinnati. <laughs> I have the same issue in that they're so damn young. Those teams, including their pitching, I worry about them these last two months and then in the postseason too. Young, not big names that have been tested, that have been there, that have been through this long of a season. You know, you've probably played with dudes where it's like you get to September and they're like, dude, I'm gassed, right? No doubt, no doubt. And for the Reds, I mean, not to switch gears, they um, they didn't really do anything. So no. you, you think about it. They, You know, Joey Votto would sit there and say, listen, man, oh, we're, we're all in. Don't worry about it. You know, we didn't need any – he didn't necessarily say we didn't need anybody. Listen, we're, they're a group together. They've been playing well. I get it, but – and you see them what they did yesterday. They lost 20 to nine. It's like, oh, <laughs> shoot, maybe we should have picked up another pitcher. So hindsight 2020, I think those two teams should have did something a little bit more. At least the Orioles picked up Flaherty. But for the Reds' sake, another pitcher would have definitely boded well for them. Do we have other winners and losers, that, names that you want to throw out there? Losers is easy. Brewers. So uh, the Brewers are a winner or a loser for you? I said they're a winner while getting yeah. Santana. That boasts, uh, that definitely boasts their offense and defense. He's a terrific first baseman. I don't think he gets enough credit for that. And Mark Hanna. Um, they got Canna. And Andrew Chafin. Uh, yeah, like that's a nice go. little deadline for that. Yeah, that that's a nice deadline because Chafin, Chafin gets out them uh, tough lefties late late innings. And to, anything to bridge, to, to bridge to get the ball to Devin Williams, you do. Where, where the hell were uh, – Todd and I just did an interview on another show – where were the twins? We're going to talk to Aaron Gleeman about them later, so we'll save most of that. Yankees, Red Sox. Who else were, were dead Giants. silent? Giants. The Red Giants Sox. hold the first wild card spot. Are they? Do they not believe in themselves to do nothing? Are they a perfect ball club? No. <laughs> what, what the hell? Giants fans are freaking out, AJ. I mean, you played there. This is a big market team. And they're waiting, and they're waiting, and they won't get a franchise player. Some some of it has been them trying and failing in that regard. But now you're at the deadline. You've built up a farm system. Still nothing? They, hey, they're in the first place in the wild card, so maybe Farhan Zaidi and Gabe Kapler are like, we can make this work. And they listen, they're the king of the little moves, right? They make little tiny moves that equal big production on the field. So maybe they think they can hang on and do this, but – yeah, I would have liked to have seen him go out and, listen, get another pitcher like everybody else, find a bat if possible. Bats are very scarce. So it's a it's a, it's a a weird – it was a strange deadline. There was a lot of trades. But then, we, you know, the Yankees, right? Let's talk about the Yankees. It felt like the Yankees went out and got Kenyon Middleton just to say, hey, we made a move at the end. Like it was the last-minute move. Oh, we did something, right? But where was the Yankees move that, that could, could get them into the postseason? Can we show that no, tweet too while we're talking about it that, that I, I've seen – on here from, and, and I don't know who this is, but he was very funny. Jay, jobs that are lifetime appointments. Pope, federal judge, White Sox GM, Yankees GM. Those dudes have been there. I mean, oh. Cashman's been there forever, forever. He's been there for like a quarter century. There, There's a humongous generation of Yankee fans that were not born when he took over. And then obviously, AJ, I think you emptied the tank on the White Sox yesterday. But Rick Hahn, you know, is about to go through uh, his one billion three build too. Rick and, and Kenny with him. So Kenny Williams. So 
I don't get it. I mean, for me also on AJ back to the Yankees for a sec, how many years does Brian Cashman get? I mean, he, I know he brings them to the postseason, but when the expectations are high, I also just think in general, holding a job for, for 20 some odd years is just too long in baseball. Yes. You want me to go? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, ask my high school coach. He's been there for 45 years. So <laughs> <laughs> the guy's been doing it for a long time. Yeah. I, there's a lot of question marks going on there. I mean, to figure that whole saga out, to trying to understand, like, you know, who should hold the job longer? Who should be there this long? I mean, you ask the fans. It's uh, everybody wants them out. And it's, I think it's just a lack of not moving pieces. And I, and I think that's the biggest part as a Yankee fan understanding you got to find ways to get new guys in there if it's not working. And you can say it all. We're, yeah, he did. He said we're in it to win it. Cashman did. But, yeah, everybody's in it to win it. But are, are the right pieces there? Everybody is struggling at the same time. There's got to be something that you had to do. You picked up a middle piece in, in the bullpen. Thought there could have been uh, something more to go there. But we'll see. There's still a lot of time left. In the season. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's run our first poll question. Then I want to get to those Brian Cashman comments later. We'll do a little that's what he said, I think, in hour number two, because his comments were very interesting, put it that way. Russ Dorsey with us, looking fresh. Russ, happy post-trade deadline season. So um, first off, I actually just think that the trade deadline itself was somewhat of a dud compared to most years. Look at the best bat that got moved. It's hard to even come up with the best name. Um, and also, if the Mets didn't decide to sell, it would have been one of the worst tread deadlines since I've been alive that I can recall. No Verlander and Scherzer. What are we looking at? Yeah, I, th I think for this last week or so, you saw so many trades the days leading up to the actual deadline that you had a feeling that the deadline itself, there wouldn't be a ton of action. And it definitely felt like there were a lot more rumors and reports out there of what could possibly happen or transpire as opposed to what actually ended up happening right right there's a lot of oh dylan Cease could be on the move there's a, a lot of uh reports out there that were out there that you know the white Sox are compelled to move anybody but Chris robert etc and then guys don't get moved and you're like oh man we were hoping for something at the buzzer but i i think the the fact that we got the two major moves in new york with the mets with verlander and scherzer both getting moved in uh, the days leading up to it and obviously verlander yesterday was the big one I think that did still add a level of intrigue because you look at that Mets situation and that's coming into the season. A lot of people are like, okay, I picked the Mets to go to the postseason. I know a lot of other people did and to see where it ended up just three months later you know, after the season started, it's, it's pretty surprising. Don't you think um, the Mets actually, I, I think they did good here in this whole situation with the prospects they got back. Uh, they talked about, you know, Scherzer said it, talking about, oh, they told me about they're not waiting for next year, 2025, 26. Then they came out. I think Epler came out and said the same thing. Uh, what What is your case about that? Because I think the minor or the prospects they got is a really, really good find and really good for the Mets coming up in the near future. Absolutely. I, I, I would agree with that, Todd. And you look at, you know, getting Luis Angel Acuna back in return from the Texas Rangers. You know, that's a, it's a really big get. That's a guy that's turned himself into a top 100 prospect. Look at the prospects they got back in the trade for Justin Verlander from the Astros. And does it feel good to have to move those two guys? You're talking about two guys that have a combined six Cy Young awards. No, you thought you were going to be a team that competed for a World Series. You're not that now. And, you know, I've had a GM a long time ago tell me, well, you don't want to waste a crisis. And the Mets were in crisis. And you, you know, good on them for identifying that and not trying to throw money at what was a bad baseball team. 
And now you look towards their future. And I, I think a big part of it for me was, you know, you're still going to hire a president of baseball operations um, this winter. And whoever that person is going to be, whether it's David Stearns, who a lot of people have, think is going to go there or whoever that they decide that Steve Cohen decides to hire, you want that person to feel like, all right, we have clean books. We can go out and make the moves that we want to make because maybe that person doesn't have the same ideology that uh, Billy Epler has. And then you can go from there for 25, 26 all right, Russ. So that's great and all, but why do you let Billy Epler do the fire sale then? Why do you let him trade for the prospects? Why do you lose what they give away? Almost a hundred million dollars? What was it? So it was close. It was crazy money they just gave away for. Like we talked about yesterday, they bought prospects, right? But then Billy Epler comes out and says it's not a fire sale, but you trade away Robertson, Verlander, Scherzer, Fam. I mean, the list goes on and on. And the guys. So why do you let if you're Steve Cohen? Why do you let Billy Epler run the fire sale? And now you're going to bring David Stern in with fresh books. But he also, Billy Upper then tells Max Scherzer, we're not competing until 2026. If you're a Mets fan, and we have a lot of them, aren't you pissed? You're like, well, why don't we just wait and do the fire sale in the offseason and let David Stern get the players he wants instead of Billy Upper picking the players? I think you, you capitalize on that value right now. You know what I mean? Like if you're in season, you know you have a team that's not going to compete. You have a Tommy Pham. You have Scherzer and Verlander with – in a seller's market, because I think that was a big thing, too, where as the weeks went by, you could tell, like, all right, starting pitching is going to be expensive. You can really capitalize on where you are. To your point about why let Billy Epler be the person that makes those decisions, well, one, somebody has to. Two, you know, him and Steve Cohen had already sat down and talked about what that the plans for that front office were going to be, and Billy Epler would be a part of that. And there wasn't this, you know, he's a lame duck, and sometimes you had that where it's like, all right, the guy that makes these moves won't be the GM once we get to the end of the season. That guy gets you know, fired or moves on, and then you hire the next guy. He's going to be a part of that front office from what we know and what Steve Cohen and they've told us. So you, you have to get started on your plan right now. And then when you decide who your person is going to be to run that front office, then you go into phase two of your plan. And you say, all right, where are we as a team? How, do, how fast do we expect to get back to the postseason? And then because you are Steve Cohen and because you are the richest owner in, in all of Major League Baseball, if you say, screw this, we're going to throw money at this again, you can do that. Russ, did my team do enough? <laughs> Everybody's saying, they, you know, did they do enough? Could have got a left-hander up for the pin. Needed another starter. They got Flaherty. I wanted Cease. Who doesn't want him? Did they do enough? Adam, I, th I think you and I both know the answer to that question, and it's no. And, and it's one of those things where you, you're almost disappointed because you look at the Baltimore Orioles and you say, all right, this is the best team in the American League going into yesterday's trade deadline. And you're like, all right, if they do something major and they have the prospect capital to do it, they can really set themselves apart in this push for the postseason because I, just getting to the postseason shouldn't be the bar. Right. It's really like, how can we make the deepest run possible to get to the post or once we're in the postseason? And so for the Orioles, there was a lot of starting pitching out there for them to acquire. And I know Dylan Cease was the guy that a lot of people wanted. At the same time, there were guys not named Dylan Cease that could have helped them where you don't have to give up. You know, obviously, you're not trying to trade Jackson Holiday. Right. I understand that. And if you don't want to uh, trade uh, G Rod, understand that, too. But when you build up so much prospect capital because you're bad for a long time, 
you have the room to maneuver around and package players while still keeping your best prospects to make your team better. And I think something I wanted to ask you guys, if you were in a position where you're the best team in the American League and you've worked so hard to get to this point and you don't see reinforcements come in the door the day after the deadline, how would you guys feel? Both. I'm like, I'm riding with my, I'm riding with my dudes, but at the same time, it's like the no, the number one goal is to win it that year, not to win it the next year. No, the projection, that's for projection people in that clubhouse. We want to win it now. And, you know, when you see a couple guys, unfortunately, I have my career. I haven't, I didn't get that experience where at the trade deadline, seeing a big dog walk in, you know what I mean? Like uh, Parker coming in, <laughs> major I didn't get one of those. I, I wish I did. Um, other guys have, which which is great. Uh, you guys were part of trades that you guys were the, the focal point in, at a big time. So you, you want to see it, but you still want to ride with your guys, but you want to see them go all in because this is your window. Now, you're still good next year, too. You're still young. You're not trading Adley. You're not trading Gunner. I mean, you can give up. You can trade a lot of guys. I mean, and they have capital, unfortunately. AJ, would you have talked shit? If you were in that position and you're on that team and players went up to you like, yo, man, don't you feel like we should have gotten more? Would you have been Me? like, yeah, yeah. Would, what I, would, you would I ever talk shit, Scott? That's why I asked the question. To you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we used to go up. I mean, we had a little different relationship when I was in Chicago, but we used to go up to the damn GM after the trade deadline and be like, man, what, what happened? We, we forget about it, you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, it was, <laughs> now we had a different relationship with Kenny Williams. We, we had a, I had more of an open relationship where we could kind of say whatever to him. Most people aren't that fortunate. So, yeah, I mean, we definitely in the clubhouse, you you said things. I mean, if you were in it and you were like, why didn't we go do things? Teams question that as players because, like Adam said, you want to win. So, yeah, you question, man, we could have done more. Now, listen, the Orioles got Flaherty. He's a serviceable starter. He hasn't been great this year. His numbers have been better since the start. But, yeah, I mean, if I'm a player on the Orioles, I'm thinking, if I'm Adley Rushman, if I'm – Gunnar Henderson, if I'm Santander, I'm these guys. I'm like, damn, we got a shot here. Because, again, the AL for me is down. Let's make a move. And, look, Texas did it. Houston did it. Those are the teams that you know. Listen, we're trying to win right now. 2023 is our year, our chance to get to the World Series and win. Let's go, boys. Yeah, for me, I mean, when I was with the Mets, uh, he was at the tail end of his career. But Bautista, when he came in from Toronto, I thought that was – you know, one of the cooler things to see, you know, a big guy like that walking in. And I've never met him before, and that, that's the weirdest thing. And I've never been that close to him. But when you see him, I think of, you know, Bautista. I'm looking like he's not that tall of a guy either. But, you know, he's big in stature with the way he hits the, hits the ball and stuff like that. But I've been on both ends of the stick. I've been the, the third guy that gets traded most likely. So the other team didn't get uh, the two other pitchers, Canely and Robertson. I know I wasn't the main piece on that. So I'm walking in behind both of them in the locker room and see CC Sabathion, what's up, big dog, good to see you. And I went to my locker. So it's like, you know, you, you know who you are in, in that aspect, and you got to be real with yourself for sure. And I think a big part for this, you know, these teams that are young and they're just getting to this point, it's falling in love with your farm system, right? Because you're bad for so long and you're trying to build up this system and you don't want to just be bad for no reason. Like you're trying to acquire – players in the draft, international free agency that helps build you up to be a playoff team again. But when you're at a point when you're trying to contend, no, you don't want to give up everything you've built. But you have to say at some point, all right, we're going for it now. And it can't just be about 2024, 2025, 2026, because 
as you guys know, as I know, Scott, as you know, none of this is guaranteed, right? Like you could have the number one farm system on paper and maybe one of those guys pans out or maybe none of those guys pan out or maybe a, a handful do. And then the others are, you know, they kind of fizzle out. Maybe they never make it to the big leagues. So to look at it in totality and say, well, we can't really mortgage the future, understood. But at the same time, you have to know that half of these guys or more than half of these guys will never be what we think they could. So my next question to you is in the NL Central, I'm going back to my the Reds. Um, for Unfortunately, they didn't pick up anybody. And they're a team right now that has a really good shot of making the playoffs. Not only that, winning their division. Um, I was I was a little disappointed, to be honest, which I know they have a good squad. You see that. And then next thing you know, Lively goes out there and they give up 20 runs yesterday. Um, what do you think about the Reds? I, I just thought they could have done a little bit more. Similar position to, to the Orioles, Todd. And, and I think I probably put them in a position where the Orioles were last year, right? Where they're, you're probably a, a year ahead of schedule. Uh, and so to look at their situation and say, hey, this is probably not in our best interest to go for it this year. But if, in they, were, if they were in the same position next year, you would say, obviously, hit the gas, go all in because it's your time. I think they have a team in the division. You look at the context of the division, they're good enough to reach the postseason because if you look at the Cubs, they made some moves. They went out and got uh, Candelario. You got uh, Quas from the Kansas City Royals. You look at the Brewers. They got Marcana, Carlos Santana, but nobody really did anything major, right? And so all three teams, whether it's the Cubs, the Brewers, or your Cincinnati Reds, can make the case that we're still a really good baseball team. And in this division, under these circumstances, we can go win it, it with, you know, 85, 84 wins. Hey, Russ, what do you think on the winning side, right? Like, let's give some love to the teams that did do things. Texas, Houston. I liked what Miami did. I mean, finally, they're a team that's been, you know, rebuilding-ish and quiet for a long time, at least you got a, a top-end reliever in David Robertson. They tried to patch some holes on offense when, hey, I would have been more critical of them for, for the offense, but like I mentioned at the top, there, there was no offense to acquire. So Jake Berger was actually a name that wasn't thrown around anywhere, and this is a dude who's, who's got as many homers as Jorge Soler this year. He's got 25 dingers. So uh, among that group and anything else, who did you like on the winning side? Yeah, I, I like what the Marlins did. I do think with Berger – as a, a guy who tore his Achilles twice to have the season that he's had this year and provide big pop from the right side of the plate, which is not something that's really out there. Like teams are always looking for right-handed power. And so I did think that was a nice under the radar move for Miami, a team that's looking for more offense. But I, I don't know how you can look at the Texas Rangers and say, all right, that's that's the big winner, right? You have to you have to look at them that way. You go pick up Max Scherzer, and while he hasn't been the lights out Max Scherzer that we've seen, you have to expect like a guy and a competitor like that is going to go to a winning situation in Texas where they have the offense, you bring in the manager, you have an ownership group that's going to go for it and not expect that he's going to give you, you know, the best version of Max Scherzer. You go out and get Jordan Montgomery, uh, Chris Stratton uh, from the St. Louis Cardinals. The one thing I'm worried about with the Rangers is they didn't really address a lot in their bullpen and that could be, you know, the thing that comes back and bites them. But if you look at what they did in totality, even going out and get Austin Hedges, they are at the, at the buzzer. I think it was a really solid trade deadline 
for Texas and another team, uh, the Atlanta Braves, because I think when you look at the National League, there are not a lot of teams that can really challenge the Braves right now. That we did enough to say we're better than Atlanta. What about the Padres? Are uh, you know, <clears throat> there's are they in it? Are they you know, are they a win streak away from getting the last wild card? We know the division. Uh, it's going to be locked up, and Diamondbacks are a team to chase. Also, what about the Padres? Obviously, the Mets are who to talk about. They sold, seen that. The Padres, they still they bought. I mean, you got they bought uh, the forty three year old Rich Hill, older than at this age, your age, still playing. <laughs> so, like the Padres, like what, what what's their opinion about on their, on their trade deadline moves? It's it's interesting, Adam, because you look at you look at that team and you look at the names. And you say Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr., Xander Bogarts. You have Blake Snell pitching some of the best baseball of his career. That's a That should be a team that is saying, okay, we're going to be a contender for the World Series. That's not a team that you're saying, hey, we're just hoping we can get into the playoffs. But at the end of the day, you're, you kind of are what your record says you are. And they've gotten themselves into such a big hole. You could understand why them selling – could have been a viable option. But because of those names, I think if you're A.J. Preller, you have to say, we put this team together to win a World Series. We are talented enough on paper to say, hey, if we have a hot month of August, we're right back in this thing. And I think that's where the Padres believe they are, which is the reason they went out and they bought and made, you know, made a flurry of moves at the deadline. You get Rich Hill, you get G-Man Choi to platoon over there at, at first base, and, and you're going to ride it out with that talent. And you're hoping, if you're the Padres, that that top-end talent, and they probably have as much top-end talent as anybody in baseball, that wins out at the end of the day. Yeah, I like it. Let's see what the Padres can do. I'm, I mean, I'm also someone who picked them to win the World Series, so I'm still buying into what they're selling. But I think, you know, if you project forward, they should go on a run at some point for as bad as they've been in close <clears> games, <throat> at, at 0 and 10 in extra inning games, the whole deal. So they've well, not won three rap. straight. You know that? No, they've won. I thought they've won three, not four. No, three straight. No, they've yeah, only they've won, won three. Straight. Yeah. Which yeah, is, that's, that's, we're deep that's into hard this to believe. season. That, you're that's right. Hard to believe. Yeah. It's really hard they for will. teams to flip the switch. It's really hard. Yeah. Right, like we look at that's what made the Phillies last year such an incredible story is because that team was toast going into the month of June. You fire your manager, Bryce Harper, a couple of days after you fire your manager, you know, is out for a month and a half, and then they're able to flip the switch and play almost 650 baseball the rest of the way, get themselves to the World Series. But it doesn't happen that often, and sometimes you are who you are. So we'll I'm see. Selling the 2022 Phillies video, whatever it is, or the a little highlight reel to the Padres going, let's fucking go. Let's go. <laughs> but that's why we didn't play. Russ, great to talk to you, dude. We'll chat next week. Thanks, guys. Cheers, See man. You. And hey, before we hit break, uh, I want to remind everyone that Shady Rays is our new partner. And AJ will be rocking the shades as much as possible. He's on the road right now, but he will play agent whenever he can because <laughs> it's hot as hell right now. And they give you premium polarized shades and it's not costly. That's the key to here. We're not teaming up with some super overpriced shades. This is an independent sunglasses company giving you world-class product, and they're just as good as those super, super expensive pairs that you might be looking at at the store. They also have the best protection plan out there for all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. Hey, 
Todd Father and me, real talk here for one sec, actually. We, we wear these earpieces. I, I, I guess I could say I took Todd's vaccine or we, his ended up in my bag. <laughs> yes. So it was temporarily lost. Do you have a scenario like that with Shady Rays? No questions asked. You just hit them up and wow. you go get your new pair. That's, That's amazing. It, right? You don't even, it doesn't even have to be because I've broken. We've all, have you broken a pair of shades? Sure. Before? Sure. My so. kids break mine all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no questions asked. You just let them know and they've got your back. That's what makes them so great. So um, you can also, if you just don't like them, exchange a pair uh, for a new pair for free or return them for free within 30 days. No risk when you shop. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out the best deal of the season. Hit up ShadyRays.com. Just use the code FOUL, F-O-U-L, for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the Shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. It's time for a little last-minute game time, so hit up the Game Time app if you're looking for last-minute tickets, like if you're trying to go to a game tonight because the weather is fantastic, at least up here in the Northeast, I think. So if you're looking to grab some last-minute seats, you can hit up that code, too, if you've never done it for the first time, uh, FT Live. Where are we going tonight to catch a game? I'm going to let Todd Father go first because I always like to see if he's picking a game in this area. Uh, it is very <laughs> tempting tonight. No, it's not tempting. I'm going. You're going. I'm, right? I'm going. To, I'm going to boogie down. I'm going to see McClanahan and Cole get after. It could be a low-scoring game, or you know, the Yankees could are lose gonna, again. Are they? Are they going to ever win a game again? I don't know, man. But What's going on with Cole in the mound, they always have a chance. So I'm going to go check that out. About an hour, hour and fifteen minute drive. Okay, AJ. Uh, I'm going. I, I honestly, I mean, that would have been the game, but I'm in LA right now. I'm in LA for the day. So why would I not just drive down the street to, to see the A's in Dodger Stadium? I can see my boy Lance. I can give him a high five for going out and shoving last night. Uh, see my other old teammate, Freddie Freeman, give him a high five for a great year. So plus the weather here in L.A. is great. So how the heck can I say no to a game in L.A. when I'm already here? Right, and you already know what's going to happen, right? <laughs> hey, <laughs> you say that, but the A's have – dude, the A's won a series against the Braves. The A's won some series. The fact that, they that you can actually remember when, when a team wins a series Most. of all of the series they play for the year. But, <laughs> no, they okay. only win the series against the good teams, though. No, you're right. They play up to their competition. Jonesy, where are you going tonight? I'm piggybacking, AJ. I mean, yep. it, it's the Dodgers do what they do best, and that's win when they need to win and against who they should beat. Gonslin is really good at home. Freddie Freeman, as he said, is I would trust him uh, with a with, with a ball on top of my head to not hit me. <laughs> the only guy, the only guy I would probably trust to do that in baseball. Like, uh, they're they're just stacked, and uh, yeah, it, they I like they it. Scores, they're just good, man. That's it. I'm riding. All right. So for everyone that's new to the party here on uh, Game Time, you can hit up the app or go to GameTime.co to buy tickets. It should not be a stressful event. Okay, you should just be able to click into an app. Pick a city like this, find your game, look at cheap-ass deals, and make sure that you look for their best price guarantee, which is all over, which means that basically it's called the Game Time Guarantee. You'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less elsewhere. They will credit you 110% of the difference. It's not just baseball tickets, all sports, comedy, concerts. The whole nine, and then you can also make sure you view where you're sitting, which I think will start occurring there. Yes, tilt the phone. Okay, yeah, I like that. Okay, so there make you sure go. There's no foul pull in my way. Hold on, hold on. Nope, I'm good. Okay, yep. 
I'll take it. Hey, no, that's okay. That's fine. <laughs> We're good. Thank you very much. But uh, make sure you check out the Game Time app and create an account and use code FT Live for twenty bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code FT Live, twenty bucks off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. What do we think of the Dodgers deadline? And really, the number one part of it was they were about to go boom little extra pitching help and you could call him what maybe this year a number two starter eduardo rodriguez and uh <laughs> no aj's nice. favorite role play game ready <laughs> uh i'll be eduardo you want to call me anyone want to call me yeah Come hey tell me I, eduardo, I got traded what hey. the fuck are you doing you don't want to win why aren't you coming to the dodgers <laughs> hey uh aj um no I, I i don't enjoy winning actually though aj wait ready for this i do love winning i'm having a pretty solid year i'm gonna opt out after this season and I told the team I signed with that I, the Tigers, that I wanted to be on the East Coast or the Midwest. I've got some family stuff that I've been dealing with off the field. So screw you. Shouldn't have given me my 10 team no trade list. And I'm not going there. Bye. Yeah. Well, guess what? Hi. This is the Dodgers again. Uh, and this is now AJ Hinch and the GM of the Tigers. Hey, uh, guess what? Oh, uh, yeah. Guess what? You might you can opt out. We're not pitching you. Good luck on free agency but because I don't care. You can suck it up for two months and try to win a World Series because who the heck has a player doesn't want to win a World Series? Adam, would you like to win a World Series? Todd, would you like to win a World Series? Hi, okay, this, is, this is uh, one of the family matter members of Eduardo. <laughs> we're trying to save money on taxes here, so we're going to stay. Yeah, your taxes in California. I mean, I'm not going. Give me more money and I'll think about it. Okay. Oh, shit. I'm for the people. I'm for my players' union. And I got a no trade clause and I'm fucking. Jones, are you on this damn man? Them taxes. Jones, you pick up out the there, phone. Man. Get in here. Jones, hey. you're my agent. Pick up the phone. Help me out. Hey, hey, Poppy. What's up? Do you want to win or what? Uh, we, it's, it's only two months. No. We, out, we go back east. You, It's only two months. It's a few million. It's only two months. But, but. Agent, you gave me a 10-team no-trade clause, and we talked about this. I've got issues. I don't want to go out west right now. So that's why we built this thing. Maybe you go California. Maybe it help you out. Okay, wait. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he wait, says. Wait, it. You I'm sound back. like all, I know I every no single idea. one I know, man. Remember, remember when I, back in the day when I was on the Orioles and they traded me for Andrew Miller? What about the Orioles? They they didn't do that much, and I feel like they could use me. What about the Reds? They're in the Midwest. I could hang around here. I could help that rotation out. Why don't the Tigers work a little harder and find some other trade scenarios? Good point, Poppy. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Because it doesn't work like that. Yeah, I mean, he should uh, – Dodgers was – I mean, again, I don't know the full blow of it, but oof, how do you not want to go win? I mean, that's – like if you can go somewhere that is that like that is like saying we were all in every single year, that is the team to go to. How do you think that a player like that is received? And again, like he was, he missed a lot of time last year with some personal issues. So I do want to give him that benefit of the doubt. But at the same time, I know not every player's best friends with him that plays with him. So would he be like not received well, or would players be like, "What are you doing?" Whether it's on the Tigers or or on the Dodgers, we'll ask Muncie about it. I I think. As a teammate, you're like, oh, man, appreciate that. I don't know what you were thinking, but, you know, <laughs> good that you're staying home with us. I, I don't – maybe is it, maybe there's something else going on. You talk about family. Yeah. Maybe there's something else that we're not seeing. But, you know, you see these big names, Verlander and all these other guys, or Scherzer, and to name a couple, like, they wave whatever they want to wave, and they want to win. So that that's the confusing part. You know, 
Is he complacent where he's at? It looks like it. AJ, would you have said something? I just would have. I probably would have sat him down and been like, listen, are you opting out at the end of the year? And he's probably going to say yes, right? So then I would say, all right, here's the deal. I understand. And again, we don't know the whole story. So I don't want to jump if there's something really bad with his family, you know, praying for him Mm -hmm. and hope everything works out. But I'm saying to him, listen, dude. Like, you got a chance to go win a World Series. I, I understand Red Sox, you, you already got your, your ring. But, dude, like, you got a chance to go to L.A. and win another one with the team you know. And maybe you might like it enough. You're making enough money. You can move your damn family to Los Angeles. They got great they got great stuff out in Los Angeles, too. They got great, you know, whatever you need out there. So, uh, I'm thinking, like, maybe you don't opt out. Maybe you stay in Los Angeles for the next rest of your contract. But you ain't going anywhere in Detroit this year. And you might not be going to Detroit anywhere – for the next couple of years. So I'm thinking take the shot, but if he wants to do it, listen, it's a personal decision and I feel for the guy. It just sucks that it got out, right? Like it shouldn't have gotten out that he turned down a no trade clause. Who, whoever leaked that is the guy that I have a problem with because this is a personal decision. It shouldn't have gotten out. And of course we're like, Oh, you want to go win? But again, we don't know it all, but I would have been like, yep. Hello LA. Yeah. And we had Bridgeroli on our show yesterday on our trade deadline show. And she said, she said, I knew that already that he would not doubt for the Dodgers but she was like I wasn't releasing that so she's like whoever told the sources that you know enough that they felt comfortable releasing it okay for them hey let's kick around what happened last night I want to make sure we give this some love it's time pop off presented by cereal pop I got a little fruity pebbles next to me today Hmm. because Framber Valdez did his freaking thing okay actually that make FR fruity pebbles FR Framber FR Frazier F.R. Frazier, yeah. And uh, how about a no-hitter for Framber, under 100 pitches, domination of the Cleveland Guardians. To me also, I think it was fitting that on the day of the trade deadline when the Guardians kind of punted, right? Like they got rid of Josh Bell. They had already traded away Savali. They sold pretty hard. Yep. They get no hit, two zip by Framber, who was ridiculous. He threw his curve about half the time, but still, that's a bad offense that just got worse. Yeah, and especially after his, his last start there um, yeah, against the Rangers, all that craziness that went on there. One walk, I mean, that was it. That's the Framber of old, man, and he said it to himself, I feel pretty darn good right now. And that's uh, that's really that's the confidence to hear. And, and you think of other players, you think exact opposite, like Severino coming out for the Yankees saying, I don't know where I'm at right now. So, it, it, it's all mental a little bit, and it's all the focus you put in and the work you put in. And, um, you know, he, he went out there and shoved. Yeah, and I don't take too much into this quote just because I've been following him and covering for a while. Like, I, I used to be at MLB with the, the Astros on the road a lot, and the quote that some people brought to attention of, of everyone else was, I, he said, I quote, I think the last couple of games I just wasn't as focused as I could have been, and I'll be the first to admit that. AJ, he is like brutally honest to a T and he'll say like he, he's big on the mental component of the game and how sometimes it's just like hard for him to like, you know, feel all the way there. You, nobody, I know you guys will tell me, none of you guys can tell me that you felt the same way from a mental standpoint. He's not even talking necessarily about off the field. He's just saying like, oh, like my, I, I just felt the focus today, you know? So that's how I look at it because he's old, he has a mental skills coach and he's just big on like, thinking about game plan, focus, not, you know, letting up on one pitch where, you know, suddenly he feels like, like he just kind of wasn't locked in. You can speak to this way better than I can. 
Well, Scott, first of all, I want to say this. Congratulations to Framber. Congratulations to Martin Maldonado also because mm-hmm. the catcher gets overlooked a lot of times. But you made a joke when I said Austin Hedges to the Rangers. You're like, well, the, the Astros have him, Martin Maldonado, right? Martin Maldonado might be the most important guy to the Houston Astros. Ask Dusty Baker why they didn't want to go get Wilson Contreras last year. And if you ask Dusty Baker, you ask an Astros guy who the most important person Martin Maldonado needs to take care of, it'll tell you Framber Valdez because he's the guy that can control him on the field. Watch him go out there. Watch him control the game. Watch the way he handles Framber Valdez. It is art. It is perfection, the way he handles him, the way he keeps him focused. So Martin Maldonado and Framber Valdez, way to go. Great job. And I don't think he gets enough credit for the way he handles that pitching staff. Mm-hmm. Um, do, you want, do you want some trivia, Jonesy? Uh, mm-hmm. We'll see. And if anyone knows the answer already, then don't play along. But Martin <laughs> Maldonado has now caught three no-hitters. He is. Uh, there are two catchers ahead of him in that department. Okay, there are two catchers. Thank you, AJ. That have caught four no hitters, and um, they both. None of them. They're they're not playing now, but they played in the two thousands. So it's not like we're going way back in time. Do either of you guys know? I mean, I saw the tweet from Sarah Lang, so that's why. Is AJ um, one of them? No, <laughs> not, not AJ. I'm not. Nope. Um, um, Baratek. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I just one. threw that out there. Veritech, oh, that was good. Okay. Yeah. Veritech is one. The other one's tougher. What team? Sure. Or did he play for a no, I can tell you the team. The Phillies. Darren Dalton. No. <laughs> go, go later. Go later. It was Chooch. Chooch. Yeah. It was a dude like. Ruiz. Yeah, Chooch had a Ruiz. good run. Chooch Very Ruiz. Nice. And he caught some studs, you know, with Philadelphia. I mean, so hey, he did uh Hamels and I remember Hamels. Yep. And obviously Holidays. Holidays. Yep. Uh so who had a good little run there. there. Pudge. Who who what? Who threw who else threw no hitters there? Well, I don't know. AJ, are they counting combined count? Two, I right? think combined count. Oh combined. Oh, okay. Combined. Yeah, I mean it's no right. Ah, okay. Because the yeah, Astros Veritech. have a Let's couple go, of combines. Veritex weren't combined though. He had Lester, Buckholtz, right? Mm-hmm. Um yep. Who are the other ones he had? Uh, Nomo against your Orioles. Low. Adam. Derek Lowe. Derek Lowe. Yeah. Derek Lowe. So yeah. Those are his four. Well, good shit. And you know, the last thing I'll say on this for Framber is the day that they acquire Verlander, he's like, no, no, no. I'm the I'm the head honcho. I'm the, I'm the jefe still. Okay. I'm the number one on this team. Guess now. what? <laughs> no? Guess what? If you're starting game one, guess who's getting the ball? Framber. JB. No chance, dude. Unless he just <laughs> completely poops down his leg, it's going to be Justin Verlander. Dude, Framber was way better last year in the World Series. I promise you. I promise you, Dusty's going to say, game one, JV, go get him, big boy. All right. Everyone in the chat right now, let me know. You're going Framber or JV, game one. Mm. Visit cookiepopcandypop.com. Enter code foulball for 20% off. All right, let's get back to our trade deadline conversation. And we're going to focus on a team that we just like we're concerned about at this point. We can't find their front office anywhere. We've had this with a few squads. Um, So let's bring in our next guest. I've been reading him for years back to his days when he wrote for Roto World, now writes for The Athletic, covering the Minnesota Twins. You can also catch his very popular Gleeman and the Geek podcast covering those twins who were just eerily quiet. Aaron Gleeman joins us right now. Aaron, um, since you're on the scene there, have you seen Derek Falvey and Thad Levine, both really (laughs) nice guys who are usually pretty good interviews, but I don't know where they are right now. 
Yeah, we did a uh, we did a Zoom with him after the uh, deadline. Although it was very strange to discuss with someone moves that they didn't make. It was like, uh, so why did you not like any of the proposed offers to you? Why did you know? But one of the things that he said that I thought was strange, maybe, was that it wasn't so much the cost prospect wise to acquire some of these guys that turned them off, but it was that a lot of the teams that they thought would be sellers. And I'm guessing, you know, Cubs, Angels, teams like that, maybe Padres, ended up pulling back guys and becoming kind of buyers in that spot. And that maybe left them in a situation where negotiations that they had been having ended up not coming to fruition. What do you think the biggest need for the Twins was? Like, is there like a certain need that you said they had to get this or they're going to be in trouble? I think, I mean, there was two spots. And that's the weirdest part is, you know, some years people want you to go out and trade for a frontline starter, cleanup hit or something like that. I really feel like the fan base was just saying, add some kind of decent, you know, setup caliber reliever, a seventh inning guy, and then add a right-handed hitter who can play the corner outfield and put up, you know, an 800 OPS against lefties because they have the worst OPS in baseball against left-handed pitching. And they're really, they're trotting out corner outfielders, you know, Gallo, Kepler, Kirloff, guys like that who are lefty on lefty that doesn't really give them a chance to do anything. And so, you know, talking to Falvey a week and a half ago, even he seemed to kind of be on that same page is like, we're going to look to add some complimentary players, maybe some bullpen help. They did trade Jorge Lopez for, for Dylan Floro about a week ago, but after that they did nothing. And I, I thought I had a relatively low bar uh, for what I was expecting them to do or counting on them to do, but they, they managed to not even hit that. Aaron, as a twins, you're a Twins fan, and I know obviously I pay, played in Minnesota and have a lot of friends. Like you said, they weren't asking for the world. They weren't asking to go out and get a Verlander or Scherzer. They just want somebody that didn't strike out four times a game, right? So has the Joey Gallo experiment been a failure? Has this team – Kepler's been better, right? And they're all calling for Walner to get more at-bats. But what is – listen, they're in the weakest division in baseball, the American League Central. They're two games up, and they're barely over five hundred. I get that they're moves, but shouldn't there be more pressure now? And I hit on this yesterday. Seven years now, Falvey and Levine have been there, right? They haven't done anything. When does it start to when you're saying, okay, is it Rocco? Is it Levine? Is it Falvey? Who is it? And when will the Twins fans get their, I guess their blood maybe is the right question. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you the fan base is uh, certainly getting more vocal about that this season. I think last season, the fact that they were in first and then just kind of fell apart down the stretch and, you know, this division, like you said, this is not a good division. And it makes it tough to kind of evaluate how good this team actually is or what, it, you know, how much they should be buying because they, I mean, realistically, they didn't make any moves. They could easily just win this division anyway. I mean, Cleveland made themselves worse in the process. So uh, it, it's it's tricky, but I agree with you. I mean, it's been seven years. They took over for the, the Terry Ryan-led regime, which was like two decades basically. And they've improved in a lot of areas. But I think the worry is that they've kind of, settled into that mediocre zone where which sometimes can be good enough in this division but hasn't been good enough for the most part they haven't made the playoffs since 2020 you know can they beat cleveland yeah absolutely that's not a, a really tough task cleveland's been below 500 all year but I, to me it is strange that you know you sign correa to this big trade you or this big deal you go out and trade for someone like sonny gray they tried to trade for tyler Malley last year guys who are going to be a big part of 2023 and then you're sitting in first place at the trade deadline in a weak division but you're unwilling to even invest you know 
C-level prospects to, to beef up the, the rotation or just add a, a complimentary bat. And then you mentioned Gallo. He was really good for about three weeks. And everyone was really optimistic that last year was behind him and getting out of New York was going to help him. But, I mean, he's back to what he was last year for New York pretty much. He's hitting, like, I think 160 in his last 70 or 75 games. He'll pop an occasional homer, and he's, he's fine defensively, but there just hasn't been enough consistent production. And he's part of the issue with them is that they have a million left-handed bats. You mentioned Walner. They still have a guy like Trevor Larnick at AAA, who's another major league caliber lefty bat. But they don't have the the right-handed components of that to even platoon with. And I think the the talent on the roster is certainly enough to win this weak division. But it's such a lopsided roster that I don't know that they're deploying it rightly. What's going on with uh, Buxton and Correa? Like, I mean, what like obviously two of the game's best players. Let's be honest with yourself. Buxton, I mean, one of the best shortstops and one of the best outfielders hitters. What's going on with those two guys? Is these numbers are are just not. For them, I'm sure they're not good. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's something Falvey brought up yesterday too, which is, yes, we didn't go out and trade for guys, but ultimately no one we bring in at the trade deadline is going to make more of, of an impact than Correa, Buxton, guys like Jorge Polanco, just performing like we were expecting him to perform. I mean, Buxton hasn't played any outfield this year. He's been only a DH. And it's, it's allowed him to be in the lineup more often, but his production has not been good at all by his standards, by DH standards. Uh, he's of late been banged up. He just came back from paternity leave, and he's got like five doubles in the last three or four games. So he's shown some signs. Correa, he hasn't been bad, really, but there's just been no stretch that he's put together where he's looked like, you know, the guy we know as Carlos Correa. I mean, his, his OPS is still below average. He's hitting in the low 200s. There hasn't been that much power. He's really struggled in, in clutch spots. I think he leads the league in, in double plays grounded into. And so he hasn't been horrible, but he hasn't been near the, the level of guy that they thought he was going to be. And even last year, he got off to a slow start with the Twins. But then by the end of the year, his numbers were normal. But now we're so much deeper into the season that I think it's it's a legitimate concern for them. Aaron, some people thought that the Twins actually were big winners at the trade deadline, like uh, one of our friends, Bob Nightingale, who said, congratulations <laughs> to Minnesota. They clinched the Central title. They're barely over 500, two games ahead of the guards, but we're the only team in the Central who didn't sell at the trade deadline. They just stayed pat and watched everyone else get shittier. So <laughs> uh, were you surprised at how this AL Central was handled? Now, obviously, there are three legitimate sellers in this division, which is way more than any other division. But also for me, I hated what the Guardians did. I know that Aaron Savali for a guy that they've been dying for offense that they can now look at for the future. But for me, I think the Guardians are taking this clear-cut path that they're going to be like operating at a really, really low level in terms of how they spend. It's like, oh, Savali getting closer to free agency. We're pretty good at building pitchers. It's hard for us to build position players right now, and we're not going to buy anyone. Like, they haven't done anything after winning the division last year. Uh, what a poor, like, Bell and Savali, what a, what a poor message that it sends to a team that could have been competing with the Twins. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And I think from the, the Twins' standpoint, they know that's kind of how Cleveland operates. Like, they traded Bauer a few years ago the same way, Kluber the same way. Like, they, they never have a shortage of young pitching. And when those guys get arbitration eligible, they kind of try to kick that can down the road and cash them in. And I, I just think from the twin standpoint, given how weak the other three teams are and given how much Cleveland is always trying to play that middle ground between present and future and never really maximizing the, the current roster because of the stuff that you just talked about, 
I kind of worry that the Twins are like, do we really need to push that many chips in? Can 85 wins just consistently win this division? The problem with that approach is if you're going to take that approach from the Twins standpoint, you better be really good at it. And they just haven't been that good at it. I mean, they led the division. Minnesota did for 100 and something days last year and ultimately faded completely down the stretch. And and Cleveland just kind of took it. And I think the worry is if you don't distance yourself from a terrible division that is just asking to be put away in the middle of the season, you leave the door open for Cleveland. And if Cleveland can get some young pitching and any kind of hitting, they've shown last year at least that they can be a threat. And I, I just think the Twins have stumbled so often and wasted so many opportunities to be up six or seven games at this point instead of two games. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And back to the uh, offense conversation, I do want to finish here because there was a there was a massive debate going on earlier in the season on this show. And I know that they don't need any more lefty bats, but some contact would certainly help because AJ always makes fun of the fact that he bets on the Twins all the time. And he's like, oh, they're gonna, he always picks like K-props for – whoever's facing the twins and he has made a lot of money lately so who won the luis arise pablo lopez (laughs) trade or if you can't make a decision yet how long will it take to determine that because i will say the marlins offense has been terrible for years and now it's like close to mediocre and when i watch marlins games there is a massive difference because there's one guy at least that you know if the team is slumping you're not going to get to him he's going to at least make contact and he's often going to put it where they ain't I mean, first of all, I loved watching Luis Rice hit. He's a good dude. He's an amazing hitter. He does it in a way that no one else does it. So it's just like you said, when you know, oh, he's up third in this inning, it's something to look forward to. And my take on that is as long as the dude you traded is hitting 385, it can't be a good trade. Now, someday you can look back at it and say it's a reasonable trade. I mean, Pablo Lopez has been decent for the Twins. They ended up extending him uh, for three more years. They're definitely happy to have him in the rotation. And, you know, you said about the Marlins that their offense is finally somewhat decent. I think the twins would make the case that their rotation is similar and that they've had a terrible rotation for a decade now. And thanks in part to Lopez, their rotation has been decent, but right now it's really hard to argue that the twins haven't lost that trade. They've lost quite a few trades, but I I still think they like the idea of having Lopez fronting their rotation for three or four more years, particularly with Sonny Gray and Maeda being impending free agents this year. Aaron, uh, Scott loves to have this argument with me. And I said yesterday, <laughs> one thing I give Falvey and I'll give Dad Le- Levine credit for, right? They went out and looked at what they did last year, okay? They couldn't get at their starters past five innings. So they went out and tried to get guys that can give them length. Now, Joe Ryan, Ober, uh, Lopez, and Sonny Gray have done that for them. The problem is their offense has disappeared yeah. like we talked about. And I don't think – listen, you put Luis Larise in there, it doesn't make – as big of a difference, I think, as Scott wants to say. Yeah, he's a nice piece, and he'll get on base. and But he doesn't steal bases. His defense, they didn't love, right, if he was playing first base for him. So I, I think, honestly, I know we're going to say because he's hitting 380, the, the Marlins won. But for me, the Twins made the moves they thought they needed to make to compete with Cleveland. And let's not forget, they're in first place right now, and they honestly have the clearest shot to win the division. So in my opinion, both teams – this is one of the few trades where the both teams kind of did got what they wanted to get. Unlike the Giants trade of me for Boot Bonzer, Francisco Liriano, and Joe Nathan. Yeah, how do you, AJ, how do you feel that that is almost going to probably be forever considered one of the greatest trades in Twins history? Like, does that, <laughs> does that bother you or is there a weird sense of pride that in that? Oh, weird. There's no weird sense. It's a damn great sense of pride. Are you kidding me? 
I joke every time I go back there, where's the statue of me? I should have, you know, they're going to put Joe Maurer in the Twins Hall of Fame. How the hell do I not get it? Because I think about it, I got those three. Then I, it brought Maurer up, right? And they still have Duran, their closer, who was from me because Escobar was traded for Liriano. And then, so it's still yeah, going. Right. So like 20 the, years the later, age, it's still going. The A.J. Pruszynski trade tree just has endless branches. The entire success of the Twins over like 50 <laughs> years is going to all stem from that. I feel like if they retire Joe Nathan's number, there should be like a little card next to it that's has like you given a thumbs up. Like, hey, I played a part in this too. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Great way to finish. Hey, Aaron, thanks for joining us, man. Great to have you on for the first time. Appreciate you and everything that you do out there in Minnesota. Thanks for having me on, guys. This was fun. Yeah, same here. Aaron Gleeman, you can catch him. We'll post uh, a couple of these clips on our Twitter, of course, and Gleeman and the Geek podcast, and also uh, what he writes in The Athletic. Good, good, clean fun there on the Twins' uh, lack of doing anything. Bryce and a few others I see that have asked about Yankees' deadline thoughts. Okay, so here we go. Let's, uh, let's play That's What He Said, because I want to read the quotes from Brian Cashman that had me dying, okay? Cash said that they went in as opportunistic buyers and opportunistic sellers and eventually became cautious buyers because team wouldn't meet their price for players. So they decided basically to try a little and now said, we're in it to win it. AJ, if I could quote you, what the fuck? So you went in <laughs> thinking that you're going to sell some of your rental pieces, realizing that they're not worth that much. And also the market was weird. So you basically were saying like, we're kind of throwing in the towel because if they if they suddenly had traded like Bader and Peralta and some of the other rental players that they had, or even maybe if they sold off a player that had another year of control like Glaber Torres, they would have been telling their team, we're done this year, white flag like the Mets, okay? They tried to do that apparently, didn't get what they wanted and said, Meh, all right, let's get one reliever just so that people can't put in the headlines of the post and everywhere else that we literally did nothing. What a freaking joke of a deadline and what a joke of a quote afterward. Like also you're making your decisions, AJ, as a GM based on what the market looks like. How about you sit down and say, are we in or are we out? You're, you're deciding that based on which <laughs> prospect you can get back. Oh my well, gosh. Again, let's, let's start with kind of, we hit on this with the Mets too. What are their assets they have to, to trade? What can they go get that'll make them better than Jonesy's Orioles? Better than what the Astros did? Better than what the Rangers did. What can they do? There's nothing they can do because they're not willing to give up a Jason Dominguez. They're not willing to give up their Austin Wells, their 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 big prime catching prospect, right? But they couldn't have gone out. They could have went out and got Austin Hedges probably, but they didn't want to make that move. And then they make they go like you said, Scott, at the end and say, oh well, we'll go get Kenny Middleton. He's had a great year, but I mean, is he really going to move the needle for anybody? And they have people coming back. It's just been such a confusing time for the Yankees because remember, these are the New York. Yankees, right? They're supposed to spend. They're supposed to compete, not for division, not for wild cards, for World Series. And it's been almost 15 years since they've won. And Brian Cashman, we've talked about it, is feeling the heat. Aaron Boone's feeling the heat. And the players are feeling the heat. So it's time for them to put up or shut up. And they didn't do it yesterday. And that's why Brian Cashman's comments were so strange. Yeah, I don't get that. It's very strange here. Uh, another bad quote. Um Cashman was asked if he regretted not coming into the season with a more established left fielder. Quote, it's been one that we've tried to upgrade. Getting your hands on it is the more challenging aspect of it. Said they were constrained by a budget, so they relied on what they had. What? 
Is there is there Jonesy? I forgot though, because you were you know you guys are all were part of the players' union. Is there a salary cap in baseball? Uh, not not that I've heard of. Oh. Not that I've heard of. Um, are the Yankees owners- struggling? Have you been to a Yankees game lately? Because I have, and there's about forty five thousand out of forty five thousand. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, they're cash cow. Um, it, again, me as a kid, just hearing the Yankees, you know that you know when they wanted something, they just got it. Yeah. Now it's like they're acquiring it. They're they're um, in on it. All these weird sayings instead of just getting it. You saying, "Oh, with left fielder, we need a budget." No, you just go get the guy you want. You have the money. You're like, yeah. Again, I don't know their books. I know it's the Yankees. I know they make a lot of they're money. They're good. Just everybody confirmed. does. They're good. Their books are they're fantastic. Profits galore. Trust I me. Bet. But it just you know. Buck taught me is like you can't always count on prospects. You can always say prospect, 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 mm-hmm. prospect. That's all great. We were all prospects. We turned into uh, great careers. Majority don't. You you can't always hold on to them. If you're trying to win in the big leagues now, and I get it that you don't want to potentially harm for three, four years down the road. Potentially, potentially don't pay the bills. When now the Yankee fans would be happy. And again, and like Baltimore is going crazy right now. Yankee fans are on the opposite, which is fantastic. But it's like because expectations are completely different. Like AJ said, the Yankees don't, they're not, well, we win the division. So we went to the what? Wild card. You say that to a Yankee fan, that's fighting words. Mm-hmm. It's World Series or bust literally in Yankee for, for the Yankees. And they didn't do nothing. And they count solely on Judge for everything, which is very hard to do. And I know he's, he's playing through some injuries right now, but you can't solely just count on him. You had to go add you had to go get somebody. It's unfortunately you got the you got the capital. You got the money, real money, not also, just capital and players. Also, I know we talked about this earlier, and yes, there there have been contracts handed out that they regret now or trades. Stanton, Donaldson, Hicks, LeMayhew. I feel like ownership is punishing cash a little bit. Like, yeah, we can spend, but when we've given you that leeway, you're not spending it wisely. So we're taking that away from you a little bit. We're going to put you on a little bit of a budget right now. So my answer to that is you don't have to have the same front office for decades and decades. You don't, it's ridiculous. Switch it up. Give someone else a chance. Hey, which, which, which trade or which acquire acquisition has hurt the Yankees the most financially now Stanton, Donaldson, Hicks they're paying to play in Baltimore. Garrett Cole, who's been great for them. They, they signed Rodon, right? What about uh, DJ LeMay, who hasn't been good for a few years now? Mm-hmm. I mean, they've kind of boxed themselves in here, and, and they don't know how to get out of it now. And, now, and then they just signed Judge, which they had to do. Mm-hmm. So it's like, which one of these moves that Cashman made has – I mean, listen, we all remember. When Stanton was traded from the Marlins after signing that deal – I mean, Derek Jeter was like, "Woo!" Pop the confetti because we just saved three hundred plus million, and now he's a DH at best when he can play, right? I think that maybe that's part of it too. Like, how we made all these moves and pickups and free agents. Like, do I want to make another one and and all of a sudden look bad? Yeah, yeah. yeah you get all they the buyer's remorse. Yeah. Oh well, you did this, but they bad. Now again, up. Oh, I made another mistake, or. I don't know. You, you, you probably, he probably had a lot of opportunities to do things. And in the back of your mind, you're like, mm, should I pull the trigger or not? I'm not in his shoes, but at the same time, they've definitely had a lot of talks going on. They've picked the wrong guys, too, because there's been plenty of free agents that they should have had serious combos with. Freddie Freeman, Bryce Harper, Manny Machado. Those dudes still mm. look pretty damn good. 
So they, they've made bad, bad moves. Just saying. Um, also, Ken Rosenthal gets into this in fair territory, which is out right now. YouTube, wherever you get your pods, throwing that out there. Boom. Yes, episodes every Monday, which there was a Monday app, but obviously he had to do one post-trade deadline. So there is also a fresh Wednesday episode. You can check it out on our Foul Territory YouTube channel, or you can go to our Foul Territory feed or the Fair Territory feed. It's, it's all over the place if you want to check that out. Uh, two more minutes before we get to slap hands. I just want to kind of finish up our trade deadline conversation here. So I'll read a couple other quotes from teams that we've talked about. And we gave a lot of love to the teams like the Rangers and Astros over the last 24 hours for the activity that they did. Here's Farhan's idea of the Giants. I don't know what the broader perception is, but it wasn't a super active deadline. And a lot of the bigger names that people thought might be moved at the deadline were not. Teams that were kind of on the bubble decided to push in. I think a lot of teams dealt with the same supply and demand issue that we did. And we ultimately didn't line up on anything. Nick Crawl from the Reds. We've got a good group of young players that are playing here right now. And we've got a really good mix of veterans. We've got guys that have started rehab assignments that are coming back that can really help this club out. I just didn't feel there was a deal to be made with what we had to give up. I will give them credit on this one for the Reds. Hunter Green will be back. He was pitching really well. I know you, you don't want to totally rely on a young starter who's coming off an injury, but not just Hunter Green. Nick Lodolo's coming back too, and he looked pretty good at the start of the year. So when you have both of those, both of those guys coming back now over the next several weeks, yep. that's a big boost for your starting rotation. Most teams don't have that. So at least he has that to go off of. No you doubt. know? Who who's the big boy coming back for the Giants soon? We waiting for you know, we'll say like, oh, they're our best trade acquisition, Jonesy. Like I'm the Yanks is judge. Our best trade acquisition is this guy coming. Like for the Astros, you were Don Alvarez for our bats. Like most of these teams that we were just talking about that didn't do anything, like the Red Sox. Uh, yes, Lucy said, Sale and Hauk are coming back. Okay, I needed more pitching if I'm if I'm a Red Sox fan. Can't always count on that, but you can. I mean, <clears throat> it was like the Padres last year, Tatis coming back from his injury, supposed to come back, was their big trade, adding on to Soto. Um Green, uh, I can't wait to see him back on the mound. I think that's obviously a big, big boost. Um, he pushes again. You push everybody down where where they should be starting, and you know it's it's, it's going to be a fun run for the teams that didn't do anything. You know, I, I like the Giants. They don't have a real identity. You know, we always ask this question: You think of the Giants, who do you think about? You know, and they didn't do much, man. And then they're in it. That's the thing is when you're in it, you always think to do something, but we shall see. We shall see. Yeah. Any other teams that were missing, AJ? I mean, I hate to do this, but Rick Hahn's quote for the White Sox was my favorite. <laughs> Talk to me at the end of the year. We'll let you know our direction for next year and what we're doing for the future. Wait, what? They you just sold your. You just sold your whole team away. You don't <laughs> have a plan for how you're going to compete for next year? We're going to wait uh, till the end of the year? It's like, wait, 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 what? What changes, AJ? I'm curious. What changes in the next two months for a non-contending seller team that they don't know what they're doing? I don't have a clue. That's why I'm going to not say anything because, you know, you guys you guys love my – a lot of people – I got a lot of texts last night about what I said yesterday from my people in Chicago. Yeah. Um, but listen, I, I mean, I've – nothing I haven't talked with other people about in the past. So it's just – what are they doing? I don't know. I, I want to know because I want to know how they're going to compete like they said in 2024, I want to know what the moves are because the free agent class, honestly, this year 
especially starting pitching is not very good. Especially, so it's like where where do we go and who do we get? And they're not a team that'll go out and spend three hundred million like the Mets to try to get them. Yeah, it's also going to be fun where the Giants, the Dodgers, the Mariners. I don't think the Mets anymore. The Angels. They all think they're getting this dude named Shohei Otani. I know he can do two things, but he's only going to one team. Newsflash. Just letting everyone know. All right, let's slap hands. That was down right down in play, big dog. That was down. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> That's usually AJ. I need AJ to catch it, and Kratzy didn't give me a good frame. <laughs> um, let's uh, let's show this Graham Ashcraft, who's a starter on the Reds, playing a little rock paper scissor action. That's what we have. Graham, we play rock paper scissors for some seeds. Yeah. Gum, gum, a ball, gum, something. Nah. Ah, got him. He's got to hook him up. No, no, you lost. Oh, what a, what a uh, you lost. You lost. Come on, man. Participation trophy. All right, <laughs> Everybody thank you. Appreciate yeah, it. Him a freshie, too. That's oh, damn. Damn. I feel kind of bad keeping this ball. I'm about to give it away. This kid. That's even cooler. That's better. Yeah, wow. You want a ball? This is a I like this kid. <laughs> that, was uh, that was good. That was, that was good. a good little, yeah. good little bit. I liked that. I didn't yeah. see that. I was like, you know, I'm not going to watch that. That was cool. I was a Cubs right. fan, so. I would have gave him a piece Keep... of gub for not the ball. I would have gave him some you gum. Gave him you lost. Gum. You lost. And it was a Cubs fan. If you were on the Reds and you were a Cubs fan, you would have been like, I don't know if I want to play. Hey, you called me out for a game and you lost. Sorry. Kick rock. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you learn hey. losing. What did Rookie Betts tell us a couple weeks ago? Yeah, if you're not good at it, move on. <laughs> hey, you know what that shows you, though? How damn bored starting pitchers get during games. <laughs> <laughs> they got time. You, you ain't got time as a position player to be over there going, Rochambeau. I used to do it with the Arizona Diamondbacks mascot before the game. You play rocks, paper, scissors. Yeah, he'd always come over. I like that. Graham Ashcraft's like, did someone call my name? All right, yeah. cool. Yeah, I'll do something. <laughs> hey, this was fun. We'll keep it going. We'll do a little more trade talk and all that tomorrow. And we'll get back to some game action too on FT Live on Thursday. We'll see you then. Hey, FT Live fam. If you're new to the party on the BetMGM Sports app, enter the promo code FOUL, F-O-U-L, for up to $1,000 back if your first bet loses. It's simple. Ready? Download the BetMGM Sports app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit into your newly created account. Place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses. If the bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once the wager is settled. Gotta use the bonus code, foul.